It's the Buzz and Steve-O Show, coming at you now. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Buzz and Steve-O. Well, let's start off talking about some NFL Combine. It starts tomorrow, runs for a week. The NFL has invited 324 players to the Combine to show off some of their skills. It's been held in Indianapolis this year. As it has been for a while, but that might be changing next year. So SI.com has the top 10 overall prospects as the defensive end, Kayvon T. from Oregon, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, defensive end, Hutchinson, Michigan, wide receiver, Drake London, USC, center, Tyler Lindenbaum, Iowa, left tackle, Akeem Equano, NC State, left tackle, Evan Neal, Alabama, cornerback, Derek Stingley, LSU, defensive end, George Karlofitis, Purdue, and number 10 QB Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Not a bad list. Uh, I would mostly agree with that. Only one wide receiver up there, though. But, yeah, I'd have to say that's a good list. Yeah, it can go either way. These things are all speculative. Um, And then your top QB prospects. They got Pickett at 10. They got Malik Willis at 15. They got Carson Strong at 30. Matt Corral at 37. Desmond Ritter at 61, and Sam Howe at 69. Uh, so you've got some mm. somewhat talent there. The drills are 40-yard dash, bench press, vertical jump, broad jump, three-cone drills, 20-yard shuffle, 60-yard shuttle. Um, you know, what all that tells you, um, I guess the scouts know better than me. But, hey, we're going to see – what ends up happening, there's going to be coaches, scouts from every team all together at the same time. It's going to be an opportunity for them to talk a lot of trade talks at the same time as they're reviewing these prospects. So it's going to be um, an unfolding of uh, a lot of different situations, not just uh, draft picks and order, but also a chance for the intermingling of different uh, franchises, and there's going to be a lot of talks about other moves being made there as well. Yeah, well, you know, the Combine, of course, they have interviews with them. They get a chance to interview them, see what kind of head they got on their shoulders and stuff like that. Uh, but they put a lot into these drills, believe it or not. I mean, you don't necessarily see a broad jump used anywhere in the NFL, but it's they're interested in knowing what you can do. Just like uh, basically, you run a four or five forty, you're probably gonna get a spot on an NFL team. Yeah, there'll be you know catching drills, wide receiver drills, quarterback drills, throwing the ball, different situations, um, running different routes, obviously. So there are lots of opportunities for these young men out there going forward, making a good show in here, impressing some people that may not have. Uh, that they may not have recently been on their radar. I, I've heard, I heard an interesting um, commentary on Malik Willis 
and it was a different a differing one from previously. This uh, I can't for the life of me remember who it was saying it, but it was someone who heavily follows the college football world and drafts combines all that stuff and I can't remember what his name was forgive me but his take on Malik Willis um, he was asked for a comp and he wouldn't give one and the guy interviewing him asked you know uh, he just threw Lamar Jackson's name out and that guy was almost he almost thought it was a joke because Hmm. he says that where Lamar Jackson was when he entered the league, Malik Willis is years away. Years away. I've heard some comments like that also. From that. Just in discipline and being able to call plays in the huddle. Because, you know, college is a different world. When when you get the microphone or the uh, speaker in the helmet and you got to relay these plays in the huddle, uh, it's a lot of – it's, it's going to be a, a big – learning curve I guess yeah. for him they don't think he'll be he won't be a first year starter and he even said he he doesn't necessarily see him being a first round pick hmm. well you know the the stick on him's basically been that he wasn't ready to start right away he had the best maybe arm talent that he would need some time to develop and if you look at some of these other there's a lot of different top 50 players top you know who the who they think the draft order will be and such. Uh, one of the guys' top fifty prospects. This is all all uh, positions. They have Pickett at number eighteen. Uh, Corral above Willis at number thirty four. They have Willis at thirty five and Sam Howe at thirty six. So those three are like right in order, and Pickett being well above them. So you know there's a lot of. Uh, Diversity yeah. there as to people's opinions, I think. Yeah, I've looked at several different ranking systems from different people putting out these lists of talent in the combine and prospects. And for the most part, Pickett seems to be on top. But for the rest of that class, I'm not sure there's a great divide yeah. amongst the talent. Uh, I'm not real familiar, familiar with Desmond Ritter. You know, Corral Strong, Howe, uh, maybe Willis. You know, they all seem like they can play in the NFL, and the only way to figure it out is throw them in the wash machine and see who do, makes I it guess. out. And I think a lot they'll learn a lot in the combine. They'll they'll make throws that they're not normally making in college, and they'll get some you know get to show off their talent there. Ritter, you mentioned, uh, he had a good year. Uh, he's mobile. Um, throws a decent ball, was on a good team and um, in a league that they basically dominated and shined. So we're going to know a lot more about the combine after this week. We're going to learn a lot this week. We'll see who shows up, who shows out, and maybe potentially be able to see if any of these quarterbacks are a realistic option. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I think there's going to be a particular couple of positions that's going to shine, and that's going to be on the defensive line aspect. Because if you look at it, there's a lot of defensive edge rushers in this combine who shined this year in college. 
uh, defensive tackles who are being talked about up there in that top 20 draft order. This is going to fare. This is going to be something that they need to shine on to uh, up their value. So, because a, ro- a lot of teams look in that position, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, to that effect, uh, ironically, it's a heavy defensive front draft as far as talent goes. And it's also a heavy decent defensive front free agency definitely market out there as well as wide receiver for both the combine the draft and free agency there's a lot of these guys roaming around and i wonder what that does to the market you know what i mean because it's always supply and demand quarterbacks are at a premium this year because the supply is so low and the demand is so high with all the defensive ends and interior linemen, linebackers that are coming up in this draft that are talented, as well as the ones that are on the market in free agency. Uh, I wonder what that does. Are there going to be some steals out there because the market is saturated with these positions? I think there's probably enough uh, teams out there in need that these top top echelon free agents are going to get picked up pretty quick and get some decent contracts. There's a lot of teams in need and there but there's some other teams in need of different positions and willing to let some some good talent go. So yeah, it's going to just sort of be shuffled up a little bit, is what it looks like. Well, we're going to see. What do you see? What do you see the Commanders? Give me a prediction. What do you see the Commanders taking in the first round? Well, you know, I'm going to stick with what I think w- would be a quarterback. I think they want to make sure they get whatever co- – I think they already know, and well, they'll know after the combine. They want to see the combine naturally. But I think they've already got a couple – down to a couple of these quarterbacks. And if one of them's available, I think at their first pick, because some people have Kenny Pickett going in the top ten. Uh, others, they have them going way down the list, you know, 18 or something like that. Uh, and they have commanders picking another position at 11. But I still think they're going to probably pick a quarterback. They're looking, even though Rivera wants to win now, and we've got to have that win now mentality, we still need a, a quarterback for the future. Because if we pick up a free agent, Wilson or, or you know, whichever one it might be, uh, uh, Garoppolo, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be a quarterback here in five, six, seven years down the road. Thanks everyone for joining us for the show. Please remember to like, follow, and share this show with your friends and fellow fans. Helping us grow will only make the content we bring you that much better. Follow us on Twitter at Buzz and Stevo. And now. Let's get back to it. All right. Well, let's talk some free agency. We have 26 unrestricted free agents on the commander's roster this year. Out of those, some of them I haven't even heard of, obviously. Some of the notable ones to consider are Troy Apke. He is a very good special teams player. Exactly. He doesn't cost a ton. 
and in a pinch, he could play safety. He's probably going to get burned if he does that, but whatever. He's good on special teams coverage. John Bostic, I, I don't know what you do there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think we need an upgrade at, at linebacker. You know, I'm not saying don't keep John Bostic, but, you know, I don't see them signing him to anything lengthy or, or for high dollar because, you know, I think there's going to be something maybe a, a notch above. So I'm just – I'm not – I'm not sold on him as a linebacker. Well, I'm thinking, you know, Jamin Davis really steps up into that role as hopefully the shot caller this year with him and Holcomb. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that you need to bring Bostic back at a premium. If you can get him for much of nothing, then, yeah, add some depth. But outside of that, he was hurt. He didn't perform extremely well. Nope. He can't cover a crossing route. Nope. And – He's not a fast guy. He's not exactly what we need. We need an upgrade. So I'm agreement with you there. Then you have DeAndre Carter, wide receiver and return man. I think you have to re-sign DeAndre Carter. I like him. Um, when he got his opportunity, he made he made good of it. And you know he's he's the best we've had as uh, as a punt and kick returner in quite a while. Yeah, I would say so. And. He's also a good wide receiver three, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he can he can turn it upfield and make some plays. And he had he has done that for us this past season when we needed it. He had he he there were a few games where he was the bright spot in the game. Exactly. Some key touchdowns he caught. Then you have Cornelius Lucas, offensive tackle. I think you gotta keep him. We need that we need a lot of depth at that position. And he when he has come in He's done well. Yeah, I, I believe you're right. I think, you you know, it's a good one to keep. Adam Humphreys. Which team? I, I, we just signed him this past year. I think he came I think from Carolina. Was, yeah, one-year deal. He did well when he was in there. He got us some key first downs and made some pretty nice catches. He didn't get a lot of opportunity. Of course, when I say opportunity, he was in the game a decent amount of time, but the ball throwing being thrown to him was rare. Yeah, but when you, he did, when it did, he did well. If if you don't re-sign Humphreys, I think you absolutely have to sign DeAndre Carter and move him more into that slot role. I think if you don't sign Humphreys, you need to find another. You need to find a slot receiver. Again, I mentioned last episode we we're going to have Curtis Samuels back. That's going to help a lot. That's going to take some heat off of Terry. And that's going to probably open up a lot more things for someone like Humphreys and Carter. So, you know, that's a key piece that we missed last year. True. Then you got old Bobby McCain, safety. I heard, and I don't know how accurate it is, I heard that we've already agreed to a deal with him. I hope we did because with him uh, and Curl, mm-hmm. I think I think that's a good – that's a, that's a better situation than – Collins and anybody. Yeah. Well, he got, you know, he had a couple episodes where he got burned a little bit this year, but he also had two or three interceptions, and I think it was two. Hey, they were against Dallas. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> safeties, it. like it or not, safeties get burned sometimes. It's going to happen. So it depends on the type of defense you play, you know. It does, and it's a big communication thing, too. Exactly. And, how many times have we seen Collins get burned 
I mean, over and over and over again. At least Bobby McCain does have some speed to, to try to close. And he's a good tackler. Then you have what I consider to be the most important name on the board, J.D. McKissick. Got to re-sign him. He's crucial. He is a playmaker. He's a great pass blocker. He is sure-handed. He's shifty. He's quick. And I I don't really have anything bad to say about J.D. McKissick. I think he is a baller, and I really, really – believe the commanders need to re-sign J.D. McKissick. I think McKissick. so as well. And, again, just like I just mentioned, when you, with Curtis Samuel in there and Terry, and then you have someone like Carter or Humphreys out there. And then, you know, if you remember last year, we ran some two-back sets where we had Gibson and McKenzie in the game. <clears throat> and um, McKenzie would actually line up as sort of a slot receiver. He's wide open. I mean, so he's he just finds a way to get open, and then when he gets the ball, he finds a way to make yards. And he protects your quarterback. He, he will he, take on a – And he doesn't a, fumble. Exactly. He will take on a blitzing linebacker and – Which is a big deal also. Protect his quarterback. So, J.D. McKissick, I put a star beside his name because on this list – DeAndre Carter and J.D. McKissick are the two that are the most um, must-re-signs for me. Then you move on to Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end. end. I've heard that the new tight ends coach they brought in really likes him, thinks he has a bright future, and especially in run blocking. So – Hey, that's that's big. You gotta if you're gonna have a tight end, he's got to be able to block, right? This is true. I mean, that's what a lot of it's what the job of a tight end is. A lot, you know. He had a decent year until uh, he got hurt. He filled in um, when Logan Thomas went down and did pretty good job. Caught some nice passes, picked up some key first downs, made some nice blocks on uh, run plays. Um, but after he got hurt, Bates. Kind of shined also. Now, that guy can block, and he made some impressive catches. Bates looks so, good. So, Bates looks good. So I think it all – yeah, it can all depend on Logan Thomas and Bates as far as his future here is concerned. We'll I, see. I don't see them getting rid of Bates. I don't either. Logan Thomas is already signed. Um, you know, do you keep three tight ends? I don't know. What is it in Washington with these amazing tight ends like Thomas and Jordan Reed – who are the best tight ends? They could be Kittles and uh, what's his Kelsey's. name? Kelsey's. Kelsey's. Stat wise, if they it, didn't get hurt, <laughs> they just could stay on the field because they are elite athletes. All right, moving on to Tim Settle. You know, I don't know what you do with him. I guess it depends on what you're gonna do with someone like Deron Payne in the yeah. in the trade. Uh, situation if, if you gotta if you gotta um, shuffle him around to, to get somebody I'd like to keep him because he, when he comes in he does play well he does play well um, and he's a sack machine yeah he and he's gonna put pressure on the quarterback and it's if if we do you know say we needed to trade a Deron Payne to to get a who we wanted uh, in this quarterback pool you know uh, he's he's valuable and he'd be valuable as a for depth 
but it's whether we can keep them or not because there's some other teams that would like to have them too. Oh, for sure. For sure there, there is. And I'm not sure what his market looks like. But, you know, I mean, he's a good player. But I also understand the fact of whether we keep Payne this year or not, you know, Payne's going to have to get paid in the next two years. Somebody is going to pay him some money, some yeah. John Allen money. And I don't think it's going to be us because we still got to pay Chase. We still got to pay Terry. We're going to pay whatever just, quarterback if we get we one gotta in. We got to pay a quarterback. We that, just paid John. I mean, depending on what you do with Landon Collins and the dead cat hit on that, yeah. I don't know. Got to pay Terry. But as far as pain goes, I like him. I think he's an asset. I just don't see us being able to keep him with what type of money he's going to be uh, requiring. Well, and also, I think we could get something good for him, which might just make it that much easier to trade him. Yeah, especially if you trade him this year with him still on his rookie deal. Somebody can look at it and say, oh, I I can get this guy with an option. I don't know if the option transfers with the trade or not. But, you know, and still be able to get this production out of him without paying him buttload of money next year. They re-signed – uh, Jonathan Williams, the running back. Uh, I don't think that's a terrible thing. He no, he's good. He, I think he averaged uh, four point seven a yard, uh, four point seven a carry, and he only had like seventeen carries. But you know, you make the most of what you get. Cornelder, the cornerback, resigned him, and David Mayo, a linebacker. Special teamers. Yeah, they'll they'll. And and they, none of those were big money deals. I think Jonathan Williams was like nine hundred thousand dollars or something. Yeah, and he's worth it. Yeah, because you got to have a little depth there. Of course, if we signed McKenzie and then we got Gibson, I don't see him making seeing the field a lot. But he's you know special teamer, and he's there if you need him. And yeah. he does he does he is a good third down back. So free agents, look this whole list. Uh, there's about four or five guys. Oh, we didn't talk about Cam Sims. Yeah, we need to – well, we should talk about him because I think he's valuable. He's um, – when he gets his opportunity, you know, he's he's done well. I often thought, you know, why don't we have Cam Sims and Terry on the field more often? You know, I guess it's just the type of offense we run. I feel like we're going to probably – Get another wide receiver somewhere down the line, whether it be in the draft or maybe we get some kind of steal in the free agency. But if we can sign him and it's not a ton of money, you know, we need to because he's proven he can get the job done when given an opportunity. Well, they're not going to give him a ton of money for sure. Um, And I think that it's all going to hinge on whether or not they go out into – free agency market and bring somebody else in. That's going to probably determine his future here because I think you're signing DeAndre Carter first and you already have Samuel on the books. You're about to have to pay McLaurin. Yeah, you're going to have to pay McKenzie, and he's worth worth some good money. Uh, Now, what what would you do here if you came down to – Say, uh, I think this is a no-brainer, but if it came down to Adam Humphreys and, or Cam Sims, which one are you going to keep? I think, again, that depends on what you do in the free agent or the draft because if you go and draft or pick up some other wide receiver that can fill the slot, 
then I say you sign Sims. But if if you have to address the slot because you're not going to wheel McKissick out there every yeah. time, Can't and you, you got to have somebody, you got to have somebody there for that. I guess Carter could play that position. Yeah. Um, but and I'm sure Samuels will be out there to some extent, but you know, not out, all the time. Outside of a couple drops, I didn't see anything bad by Humphreys this year, other than if he'd have just fell forward a couple of times, rather than trying to make some Tyreek Hill type play and run backwards around a defense, then he could have got a first down. Yeah, where he didn't. But well, he knows the offense as they all do. But uh, he's he's <clears throat> you know he's he's kind of clutch. Off that board, I see I see him re-signing Apke for special teams. No doubt. I see him – they have to re-sign DeAndre Carter. For his value versus what he costs, he's uh, he's an asset. I agree. I, I think you re-sign Adam Humphreys. Definitely J.D. McKissick. Possibly Tim Settle and Cam Sims. I like Cam Sims. I do too. I really do. But for whatever reason, he has not – gotten that much play time over the last few years makes you wonder well you know we didn't discuss another one that is pretty big and that's sheriff you know i just i, I think you franchised them you know well we've already done that exactly. what, two years in a row we're not you gonna do it again them. i don't think you paid them 18 million dollars and you franchised them plus you offered them to be the highest paid right guard in the league all right now you look out there at someone like Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers. You can sign that dude to a three-year deal for half of what yeah. Sheriff caught, you know, cost yeah. you. And I mean, he's a he's a proven tough guy, a lot like Sheriff. You know, Sheriff kind of has inflated that market, but they just paid Lakin Tomlinson. I mean, his his stock's going up, obviously, but over the last three years. He's made $18 million to where over the last three years, Brandon Sheriff has made 45, almost $46 million. Yeah. So if you can go get a Lakin Tomlinson, who is comparable at least to Sheriff, then. Well, Sheriff's also, he's 31 years old. I mean. And I think he missed three or four games this year. He's last year and the year before. I think the most games he's played in in a season in the last three years, is 12. And that's fine. I understand they get hurt. It, it, it just hurts me when you're paying $45 million for three quarters of a season. Yeah. Um, or, I see him possibly million, I see him possibly going. <clears throat> I think he's going to go because, again, it comes down to cap space and having to pay a quarterback in free agency because do you put – your future in this draft class of quarterbacks. That's my problem. I think you draft a quarterback, obviously, but they're bringing somebody in, you know. Is it Teddy Bridgewater? Is it Carson Wentz? Is it Mitch Trubisky? You know, is it Marcus Mariota? Somebody is coming here in free agency or trade that is already a quarterback in the league. Somebody. Now, who that is, I don't know. You got Winston, Jameis Winston, Garoppolo, Bridgewater, Trubisky, Wentz, Matt Ryan's a free agent. 
Uh, Russell Wilson. Matt Ryan's a free agent. I think he is. I think he's got a year or two left. Okay, well then, then, but there's talk of him being traded. Okay. Um, <clears throat> based on what they do in the draft. Well, what do you got to give up for him? Yeah, though? really. And, and, and I mean, again, he's, he's getting on up there in age. Out of all the ones that we've discussed, I think the most talk as far as commanders go has been Garoppolo, uh, Trubisky, and Wentz. If we don't get Wilson, naturally everybody wants Wilson. Now there's, you know, even some rumors out there that Bridgewater's coming to Washington. Who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a possibility. It's because a possibility. Because he could bridge a gap if you, if, you draft, if you draft a quarterback that you believe you can develop in a year or two, then, then he may be a bridge over open water for a time. You got a lot of wide receivers out there. A few interesting ones. Chris Godwin. He tore his ACL. Yeah, but he's going to be heavily sought after. The, the, this is the issue with us bringing in any more free agent wide receivers is first you got to pay Terry. Yeah. You can't bring in Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson or Michael Gallup and pay these guys $20 million or, or $15 million, whatever the market is on it. Got to sign Terry. And not pay Terry. That's right. Because it doesn't matter which one of these guys you bring in here. I think Terry's still your number one. Well, your top 25 free agents, and I'm just going to give you the wide receivers, is Devontae Adams, uh, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, Michael Gallup, Odell Beckham Jr., and that's it in the top 25. Yeah, and two of those are ACL tears. Exactly. Uh, in Godwin and Beckham. Now, Gallup. He's kind of injury prone also, good receiver, but he's going to demand some money. Allen Robinson, same way. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's out of your league yeah. price-wise. He wants to be the highest paid receiver in football. I think I think you got to do an honest assessment of Curtis Samuel this year. And exactly. That is going to halfway make your decision of do you bring someone in, who is it, and how do we work that out with – Curtis's money, having to pay Terry, and bringing another big name in. I don't think we're going to go after a big-name wide receiver. Cordero Patterson is also a free agent. He's like a Swiss Army knife. But look at how old is he. He's old. Yeah, but do we, do we want to sign guys to one-year deals? Or, or you know, We Maybe. want to get somebody to put in there with Terry who can develop and make this team dominant in well, the next five to ten years. Again, it depends on – what your assessment of Curtis Samuel is. Agreed. Because that's why I think Cordero we need to Patterson, give him a year healthy and see what we got. If he's healthy. Well, I mean, he's working on the – he's going into the second year of a two-year contract. He's healthy now, though. Is he? Yes. He's over his stuff. He's healthy. Mm. He's working out. <clears throat> okay. And from what, we'll I, what I've heard, he looks really well, good. I heard – I bet he does. I hope he does. I hope he works out because we're already paying him. Well, I'm on the Curtis Samuel bandwagon. I'm going to give him a shot. He came in here. We thought we'd see what he had and, and help the team. He didn't do it. But it's a new year. I'm going to give him his shot and hope for the best. Sure. And hopefully he is electrifying and Debo Samuel-like. If not and you don't go after a wide receiver – you're in the same boat again. You got one elite receiver, and people are doubling him, shutting him down, 
you got nowhere else to go with the ball but a check down to McKissick or or Gibson. So you gotta yeah, we, you we, gotta we do an that. honest assessment of Curtis Samuel. And if he is not a hundred percent, I mean, gosh, Cordero Patterson is the same thing. He is actually listed as a halfback and a wide receiver. Oh, I'd love to have him for a year, no anyway, doubt, or two. I make a I make a uh I make an argument for him just because he's very versatile. Well, I think, you know, there's some wide receivers out there that we could get that wouldn't break the bank and would help. So I'm not opposed to getting a wide receiver at all, and I wouldn't be opposed to getting a Cordell Patterson. He's a baller. Um, But, I, I mean, I agree with you. If somebody like Samuel did get hurt, it would really hurt again this year if we didn't have somebody to step up as the number two receiver. All right, let's concentrate on <clears throat> QB talk for a moment. In your opinion, who is a better quarterback, Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky? Hmm. Well, that's a tough one, and I'm going to tell you why it's a tough one. Carson Wentz was statistically not bad this past year. I think he had – he had 30-some touchdowns and he had 20, nine, nine picks. It was 27 or 29 TDs and, and like seven or nine picks, something like that. Yeah, I mean, not terrible. But he also had an awesome offensive line. So the problem with him that I see is, is accuracy. He is injury-prone. He's a little turnover-prone, even though he only had – his picks were not terrible. But how they how he threw them was terrible because they were just – very inaccurate passes. Then you look at Trubisky, uh, a little bit mobile. I would kind of compare him to Heineke, uh, except with a better arm. And he had a decent year when he, what little bit he played this past year. So the resume's stronger for Wentz, but if I had to choose, uh, gosh, I don't know. I'd have to flip a coin. I think I would go Trubisky. And the reason I say that is because I think perhaps we haven't seen his best yet. I think we've seen Wentz's best. And I have to question why Indianapolis gave up all that capital to sign him last year. And now it seems as though he's gone. They're going to spend money to get rid of him because they still owe him money. Yeah. I mean, something, something just didn't job. Something doesn't job with him. So yeah. for that reason alone, I mean, Philly wanted him gone. Indy now wants him gone. And for that reason alone, I'm, I'll take Trubisky. Indy doesn't have a backup plan. They don't know. They've obviously got something in mind. And, and it might be getting a bridge guy or it might be drafting somebody. they got to have something in their heads if they're going to get rid of wins. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But it seems as though he may not be an Indy next year. It's looking that way, and we're going to probably find that out pretty quick too. Yeah. You also got guys out there again that we haven't really talked much about, like Winston, Bridgewater, Mariota. But – Yeah, I'm I'm not – Bridge out of that crowd, you know, I like Bridgewater. Bridgewater's a solid quarterback. Is he going to take you to a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Uh, can he get win you enough games to get to the playoffs? Uh, maybe and probably. The problem here is, though, is he going to win you your division? 
That's what we need to do. We need to build a team to beat our teams in the division to, and then talk about playoffs and Super Bowl. We got to win our division. I agree. We came into this season with a, a pretty stout schedule. Possibly the toughest in the NFL. It was to it. it. If not, it was in the top three for sure. So that being said, coming in third this year, we should have a much more feasible schedule next year. Looks like one of the better ones as far as I can see. All Although thing, it depends what these other teams that we play do in the off season. All things considered, I want to propose that we do a little over-under on a pre-draft, pre-trade, pre-free agency acquisition. Sounds good to me. Let's do an over-under on the wins for the upcoming season for the Commanders. And I'm going to set the number at nine and a half. And this is, let's just, let's just say it's the 2021 team because you don't know what they're going to do moving forward. So with the same team we fielded last year, a easier schedule this year. I'm gonna put the number at nine and a half. You going over under that number? Well, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna go over, and I'll tell you why. Because, like I just mentioned a little bit ago, I just just got a feeling Curtis Sam is gonna be a big difference this year. A healthy Curtis Samuel with Terry McKenzie, our running game. You know, our our offensive line's decent. We played very well this past year, um, top five according to uh, Pro Football Focus, and we just we got weapons. Okay, so even if Heineke's the quarterback, he's got another year under his belt. Uh, he wasn't terrible. Heineke made some awesome plays and played well. He made eh, some questionable plays as well, but I'm gonna give him the credit of being a winner. So you take. That, coupled with what I think our defense will be, uh, we'll have our key players back. And uh, I think we'll be a lot better. We'll be more disciplined this year, along with uh, what the talent's there. There's no doubt about the talent. We need to pick up a couple key areas, free agents. We need to figure out that uh, a linebacker position and get these guys playing better. But with that and the way we got, we got we're getting a couple key players back on offense – even if Heineke's the quarterback, I think he's going to win you 10-plus games. Okay, fair enough. I am going to take the under, and I'm still going to give them a winning record at 9-8, and eight, but I'm going, to ta- I'm going to take the under at 9-8, and eight, and that number, I don't think it goes down just because of the scheduling, but it could definitely go up depending on what acquisitions we make in the next few months. So, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm a I'm a nine and eight if all things are basically the same except the schedule. And so you, gotta you think n- we're gonna win two more games than we did last year? We should have won four more games than we did last year. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. With what we had, but until Even with the injuries, until they, <clears throat> until they prove to me that they can win when the game is on the line, they can be beat when they're not supposed to be beat. Fair enough. You got so, a good point there. I'm a, I'm going to go 9 and 8 and I'll leave it there. I don't know. I don't think that wins you the division. But hopefully no, I don't think so. We'll do a post draft trade free agent 
uh, over under, and perhaps we'll change that number. Um, but we'll see. So whenever kind of the dust settles and, and we see who we have on the roster, then we'll revisit this and see how much it has changed. Hopefully if uh, after the draft and we pick up our free agents, hopefully I have enough confidence to say we're going to win 15 games. <laughs> sure. That'd be awesome. You know who else is a free agent? Who? Leonard Fournette. Wouldn't mind having him. He does not fumble the ball. And a thousand carries. I read this earlier. I don't remember if it was one or two fumbles in a thousand carries. Unreal. He'll get you them tough yards too. And there you have it. Join us next time for more Yo Mama jokes. <laughs> Sayonara. Sayonara.